always ask when people are like, well, I've always been told I should wear mascara or like I'm 30 and I've never learned how to do makeup, but I feel like I should wear it. I'm always like, says who? You know, like Mm -hmm. if it feels right, do it. Are you looking for something different, something new? And are you ready to be that change you wish to see in the world, but you don't really know how? Well, then this is definitely a podcast for you. My name is Anne-Therese, and I'm here to awaken that curious mindset of yours. And together, we will put things in a different light and try to find happiness in new realities. Because you know what? We can change the world. You and I, and we can feel absolutely awesome doing it. So I guess my only question is, are you ready? Are you ready to embrace change? Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Hey Change. Today I am sitting in the most typical New York apartment in the Lower East Side. That's what it, this is. East, yeah, East Village. Technically East Village, but okay, it's right East on the Village. There. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in the bed with Sarah herself and <laughs> this adorable cat named Faye. She wants to interrupt all the time, and we will let her because that's what we do. And Sarah Rose Adams lovely name is um a self-proclaimed green beauty therapist therapist yeah if you will and uh, she's been working in the beauty field for four years now and she is absolutely awesome at what she's doing because she's helped me a ton with my own skin and makeup and um she recently moved to new york from boston as flame the store she's working for opened up the first store in new york uh, Sarah is actually one of the first ones I wanted to interview when I came up with my podcast and finally here we are in her bed in East Village so hi Sarah hi Therese how are you today I'm great I couldn't be happier to be here with you good feels good um, and also to add to this atmosphere because I want you guys to feel like what it's like in here like we're looking out this gorgeous window and there's a park outside I don't know what park it is but somewhere in the East Village and it's a beautiful sunny day and flowers everywhere and it's just like I was thinking about um uh Bradshaw in the Sex and the City like that's how I feel oh yeah it'd definitely be Carrie right you definitely yeah. carry like you're sitting here with your flowers and you're typing and this yeah. is like your perfect little bed mm-hmm. so yeah that's Sex and the City that's where we are right now okay so anything you'd like to add to that intro about I your think style? I think you captured it um this journey has been a long one and I've gone through a lot of transition, but it's really a manifestation of myself and how I've transitioned along the way. So I'm really excited to share my story. Um, and all of these questions that you have for me today, I'm so excited to answer. Yay. They're like <laughs> my dream questions. Like if okay. people were to just ask me anything, like these are what I would want to be answering. So Great. I'm excited. I'm excited to get started. Yeah, because yeah, like when I first met you, it's just you can tell that Sarah is... She's very passionate about what she's doing and that she's very grateful for this journey of hers. And she wants to share that with others, which is yeah. why I wanted to have her on my show. So here we are. And before we dip into it, there is one question I always ask the people I interview. And that is, if you were a spice, which one would it be and why? So I was thinking about this a lot. And I was like, you know, like I consider myself like a pretty sweet person. Like I love people. I love women. So I was like, oh, like what? what's one of like 
the you know deeper like sweeter spices and then I was like you know what I've always had a passion for hot sauce Mm. anything spicy I practically douse whatever meal I'm having at the time in so I go with cayenne funny because i i'm a cane too are you how everyone you when you started talking about femininity i'm like oh she's like rosemary or something yeah. like that i'm like okay she's gonna go for one of those like flowery hot, yeah. hot sauce cayenne I, I like that i think and this is similar between the both of us we kind of err on the more like like masculine side of things mm-hmm. like like against convention against the grain you know what i mean right um and i appreciate that like you know we can be girly but also have these like less like floral or ethereal things about us and I think that's very important because it's easy to define ourselves in one category oh no I'm I'm such a girly girl or I'm a tomboy you can be both for for the longest time I thought I was the most typical tomboy then my Mm -hmm. boyfriend's like you're so girly like you don't even see yourself when you sing that pin your nails I'm like okay maybe I am so it's you can be both and you can balance both energies and that's when you really find who you are absolutely and I think this is a very Western idea that like everything belongs in a specific category I think and we've talked about this before that like you know everything's really on a spectrum it's not so much black and white this that girl boy you know gay straight there's so much in between and I've learned that in these past couple of years transitioning from Vermont to Boston Mm -hmm. to now this crazy city New York that I love um is that, you know, to appreciate people, you have to appreciate all of the little parts of the spectrum. Right. And to appreciate yourself in that same way. I was just going to get to that point. Appreciate yourself. Yeah. Because it's so easy to be hard on ourselves. Yeah. Because you're not fitting into one category. Or you think yeah. you are someone, and then you see values within yourself yep. that's not fitting that picture. And I'm like, what, what is this? But yeah. All of that is you. Absolutely. But you have to be able to embrace it. Self-love. Yes. I so, cayenne pepper. Cayenne, it's yeah. It's the girliest girl ever. I like it. Mm-hmm. A little spice, too, every day. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's start this interview. Awesome. Um, why are you so passionate about makeup and beauty? Oof. This is going to go deep, it, like, to a really good place for me. I, I love reflecting. I always think about these things, like, where I started versus, like, where I am now. And where I started was, you know, like every other typical girl, I loved beauty. I loved makeup. I found myself being really insecure um, due to these really harsh media messages that are displayed in our culture. And, you know, I used makeup as a tool for confidence. And I used it, you know, to cover up things that I didn't love about myself and, you know, to go into the world with a more confident face on. And after a while, I realized, like, you know, I didn't love myself without it. So that was, like, from a personal level, mm-hmm. like, where it all began. Um, but having loved beauty since I was a child, I it became a part of everything that I did. So I grew up performing, singing and dancing, and I was always the one, like, most interested in getting the whole group ready for this performance. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I loved the energy. I loved the excitement and the nerves. And I loved, you know, how close it brought me to another woman. And I, I noticed that, like, you know, when you do someone's makeup, like, they just put themselves down so much. They're so self-deprecating. And that, to me, was really heartbreaking because it was clear that, like, what I was seeing in them wasn't, you know, what they were seeing in themselves. Right. So then I was in college at the University of Vermont going to school for environmental studies. 
and I was exposed to a lot of really unfortunate information about the state of our beauty industry in the U.S. And it was not only that, like, the FDA doesn't regulate the safety or efficacy of the beauty industry, but that the media and social messages are not being filtered or studied about their long-term effect on the women's psyche. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just about, like, you know, the physicality of the ingredients impacting not only women's health, but men's health, children's health, animals. Right. Um, it was also about the way we perceive ourselves because of the state of the social messaging in our beauty industry. So it was kind of all of that combined. I started working in beauty because I was like, you know, I can actually make a difference in this. Um, and it was after watching Misrepresentation, which I encourage everyone to watch. Um, it's by a production company called The Representation Project, and they have one out about women, and they just released one about men. But it's how they're depicted in different elements of society via the media and how that impacts them on an emotional level. So I saw this documentary, and I was so moved by it. It was like a very distinct change in my life. I remember I was watching it in this women's studies class, and she just asked us, it was the intro class, she just asked us at the end of it to just get up and walk out of the room in silence to not discuss it, and that we would come back after reflecting the next week and talk about it. And I took this class with my roommate. This was my senior year, second semester. And we walked out the doors to walk home and I just I was like shaking and I just started crying I was like this is such a social injustice like what are we doing and because I had already started working in beauty I was like I can do something about this so long story short I um was living in Vermont at that time and saw an opportunity to start working in Boston was took a job at Neiman Marcus still wasn't addressing like the safety of ingredients in my everyday um so I was kind of missing that but I was still trying to like empower women emotionally and question the messages that they're seeing in the media um and I found a company called Folane and they were located just a block and a half away from Neiman's and they had been around for about a year and a half at the time um just this beautiful bright airy store in the south end of Boston it's Mm -hmm. like a it's like a small closet (laughs) with a little trap door to the basement and I was just so enamored by the aesthetic and the mission I knew I had to be a part of it so I pretty much approached them and I was like here's everything that I'm passionate about and here are my values and just add filet is all about green beauty makeup and no toxins just so we know yeah right why you were so interested yes and filet for those of you who don't know Um, is Gaelic for healthy, wholesome, and sound. So it's kind of like the three pillars of our mission. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found Folane, and I've been with them for two years this past Friday, and it's brought me to New York. And I knew I had work to do here, but I knew that I wanted to do it with Folane. So now I'm here living out that dream, and I meet such inspiring people like you every day, and I thank all my lucky stars for it. I feel really grateful. I just love this story because you're bringing up the core, like how it all started out, where it's like, oh, it started with me not being secure in myself, and yeah. I really got into, I want to wear makeup. And so you found um, an interest in that field, and then you found that you could help others 
feel better about themselves. Yeah. yeah. And but then also that just expanded mm-hmm. and as you were gaining interest in other areas as well as this environmental care and yeah. you know how we explode ourselves in society and you just kind of combined everything that you were interested yeah. in and put it in one picture because mm-hmm. it's easy to be like and I feel the same way as a model mm-hmm. well I'm working in this industry it's all about consumerism and I care about all these things and right. it's easy to think oh I'm part of the problem instead of saying oh but I could be part of the solution of course which is like what are you doing too well you picked your field which is beauty mm-hmm. and you're doing great work and then mm-hmm. you just happen to stay on course and there was a little shop called Filane mm-hmm. and you're like this is what I want to do you trust your intuition you yeah. went for it and you're still growing this is still part of this incredible journey that you're yeah. on and you keep meeting new people like you're saying who knows where you're going to be in a year or two who knows which is this most exciting exactly. part right exactly and I I've been feeling really aligned, like everything in my life leading up to now makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's really comfortable for me because I love like I love symbols and reading into the significance of everything and again, reflecting. And I think reflecting is a huge part of transformation. You have to take a second, stop, assess where you were, assess where you are and, you know, look brightly into the future. Right. And I, I think I've like gained these perspectives only through trial and error. <laughs> I've made some mistakes along the way for sure, but which you, you have that. to, right? Yeah, because I mean that's something I made so many mistakes too, and you yeah. need to look back. Like I think you look back at since you first started out, you being a child. Mm-hmm. Wow, you've come such a far way. It's yeah, it's it's the most incredible feeling when you are able to trust your inner guidance. Oh yeah, and believe that this is something I want to do and I can do it. Right, and trust yourself. Which I think is the, you know, hardest trusting relationship to have, mm-hmm. um, but also trusting the universe and appreciating. And I, you know, I, I said mistakes before, but I wouldn't consider them mistakes. There are no such things. They're they're a part of me. They're right. part of my story, and, and you I wouldn't love be hearing where other you, people's stories. And you wouldn't be where you are today if you yeah. didn't make those mistakes. Because mistakes are, in my world, just lessons and learnings that we need to pick up. Of course, right. And I want to go into the next one, and it's all about, I mean, I love the fact, again, that you took an industry such as beauty, mm-hmm. and you want to retruth it, which is my, yes. my word of it, but like just changing the way we look upon beauty, and how can we use that vehicle to like implement change in this world. Right. And I remember I went to this one of your uh, tutorial nights, which mm-hmm. is when I first really started getting to know you, and so it was fun. amazing, a lot of fun. And you shared the example that a lot of people think that it's bad to, to use oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and you always think, well, who said that to you? Yeah. And people come in and they're like, oh, I've, I've been told I'm not supposed to wear this or that. And then you're like, said who? What do you feel totally. is, um, like, do you think it's important to always question the truth? I do. I always question the source. And I always ask when people are like, well, I've always been told I should wear mascara or like, I'm 30 and I've never learned how to do makeup, but I feel like I should wear it. I'm always like, says who? You know, like mm-hmm. if it feels right, do it. Mm-hmm. Always. And like for those who, you know, f- feel right wearing makeup and want to take a safer route, like that's what I'm there for, um, for the education element and the exposure. Um, but I do think it's really important to ask, you know, reflect on all of these things. Right. like where are these messages coming from? 
why do I feel this way about myself? Right. Um, and as far as oils go, that's, I, so we talk about this with people all day. The conventional industry teaches you to take oil out of the skin, but it triggers this response for your skin to overproduce and then congest your pores. So I guess, you know, our approach is feed the skin with oils to trick it into thinking it's already produced it so that it doesn't trigger that response. Um, and oils are, you know, the most pure form of ingredients. When you add water is when it requires a preservative system and the ingredient decks get a little bit more complicated and that's usually when it calls for some sort of synthetic, which are usually the ingredients that we've banned from the shop. So we've banned about 1,400 ingredients that's crazy. thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, the US FDA has only banned 11. Wow. So and 11 and 1,400. Yeah. And the EU is leaps and bounds ahead of us. They've already regulated it quite a bit. Um, but generally speaking, the U.S. hasn't changed their regulations in the beauty industry since 1938. That's insane. Yeah. And imagine all the toxins that have been added on since 19... Oh, yeah. Is it 28? 38. 38. And, like, we keep being so conscious about what we're eating and what we're mm-hmm. feeding our body through you know drinks and food and right. stuff but like what we're putting on our skin is going straight into our bodies it absorbs 60 percent of what you put on it yeah. and it doesn't have a liver like your inner systems mm. do um our inner system can kind of filter out the toxins and the bad stuff but in our skin it just bioaccumulates in our muscles and our tissue and that's when it starts causing problems yeah. um but i think that used to be my tune like talking about the safety element, but now I'm just like, it straight out works better. Right. Just by, trust me on this. It, it right. just, it works better. It looks better. Mm-hmm. It feels better. If it looks like skin, it's amazing. The I foundations mean, we have, it's such I, high technology. I'm on my second foundation now and I'm in love with it. Like oh, every time so I put good. it on, I'm like, I feel like a princess. You know, I usually yes. don't put makeup on the ones I do. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not even, it doesn't even feel like I have makeup on. Right. So it's just an enhanced version mm-hmm. of you. And when people ask me like what my natural or what my style is for makeup, I always say naturally enhanced because I don't want to change anyone. I want them to expose their inner and outer beauty mm-hmm. and learn to appreciate themselves more in the process, which is like kind of like a short, a short version of my story too. Um, through wearing less makeup, I discovered some self-love that I didn't expect to be there. And I think in 2017, we hear the term self-love a lot. And What does it really mean, though? It, that's a good question. Mm. What does it mean to you? <sighs> it is a tough question. I mean, self-love is, I think, just embracing every part of you mm-hmm. and being comfortable with... I'm just realizing more and more I don't give a shit if I can say that, about what other people think. Mm-hmm. I just walked here. I haven't put any makeup on. I can walk right through Times Square or any part of the city. Right. And if I feel comfortable, if I want to wear my sneakers, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And of course, sometimes you want to be a bit fancy. You want to dress yeah. up and do that yeah. or look good for your boyfriend. And that's really important too. But you're doing it because you want to. Right. And Yeah. I, I think that's important. I think beauty for me has transformed from something super physical and like superficial to something that's more of like an essence of a person 
like the beauty that they convey through their words and their energy and their like objectives in life mm-hmm. not a, not necessarily about like what you look like the, the things you do that make you cool right etc i really i really look to the core of a person to find beauty and i think that that's a that's one of the most valuable lessons you can learn i love that yeah so what do you what do you find to be the biggest misconception that people have about the beauty industry in general um in general i think the biggest misconception in the conventional industry is that it's already been regulated for safety and for performance because they're like oh yeah if there's a high price tag on it it must work Mm. and it must be safe right and there are people who are controlling the ingredients that are used in products and that's just not true um the FDA and the Cosmetic Industry Review Board are in each other's pockets. Mm. And it's also correlated with the petrochemical industry. So they often supply their, you know, petrochemicals as ingredients in cosmetic products. So it's, you know, supportive of these larger corporations. Once again, not not just Johnson and Johnson and like these like large scale like Unilever. It's also supporting the petrochemical industry. Mm. So, and once you think about it that way, like, it all makes sense. You're like, oh, man. So what we do a little bit differently is we've taken out all of the questioning and all of, you know, the work that the consumer usually has to go through, and we've already regulated for safety and performance. And we're telling stories of really important founders who have devoted their lives and their energies to bringing safe and effective products to the consumer and what you're paying for I think people often think it's going to be more expensive to convert to green beauty but really most of the time it's not because you're paying for just the ingredients you're not paying for the marketing you're not paying for all of this excess the you know luxury to like return as much as you want like we are helping the consumer find products that will change their lives and you know, we want them to fall in love with the products. We're not just selling right. things to people yeah. aimlessly. So, I mean, I think it's kind of sad. I mean, not sad, but mm-hmm. you're saying you're not paying for the marketing, which is just means that these brands are not being seen as much, which is sad mm-hmm. in, in itself. But we talked before about the importance of being curious to changing your mindset about things. And, I mean... I think as a con- as a consumer, you have to today in two thousand seventeen start being conscious, like yeah. asking questions, yeah. like what am I putting on my body? What am I eating? What am I wearing? Yeah, Where are my clothes coming from? All that, and why do you think it's so important to bring that curiosity into your everyday life? So I think that life is a journey and not a destination, and we are not finite beings, and we have the ability to absorb so much information, and it would really be a shame to close ourselves off to new and different things. I think curiosity, you know, is very, like, evolutionary. Like, allowing ourselves to change and evolve and to understand that we're dynamic creatures. I think curiosity, you know, can open yourself up to a lot of goodness Mm -hmm. and invite change and opportunity into your life. I mean, it's scary. Yeah. In some sort. It's really scary. But it can add so much value. Yeah. You can really get to the core with a lot of things and be like, wow, I didn't know that. But yeah. now I don't have to. I mean, even me, I started, I think, a year ago just using 
coconut oil for my yeah. skin. It's so It's good. my makeup remover. Mm-hmm. It's my, you know, night cream. It's my moisturizer. Yeah. Skin has never been better. Yeah. And it's the cheapest, like, $5 jar mm-hmm. from Trader Joe's. I'm still using the same jar I got, yeah. like, half a year ago. I so. wish this was a video so that they could <laughs> see how amazing your skin is. Thank you. It's so good. Um, it's also the food I'm eating. To say no, it, no, it's true. It's no, it's, it's comprehensive. It's everything. It's taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. and your body will yeah. thank you for it. And the other thing about safe ingredients are, is that, like, we have evolved with them in nature. Our bodies recognize them, whereas, like, synthetics, our bodies are kind of confused about because mm-hmm. they're like, "What is this foreign chain of chemicals right, that I'm wearing right now?" Yeah. So there's that, like, biological standpoint right. too. Um, I mean, I even heard, I was at this um, live organic event the other yeah. day, and this organic mattress company, um, I mean, I, I learned so much about mm. how you should sleep and how you f- should feel sleeping and how the mattress should be like, and apparently we, we're not supposed to toss and turn when we sleep, we're not supposed to be sweating. Really? That's our body just reacting to the chemicals in our sheets and in the mattress itself. That's terrifying. It's be, we're being waking up again and again because our body is like, this is not normal. Like you need to like turn around because you are, you know, exposing Whoa. yourself to all these things that we're not supposed to. Because like you spend a third of your life in your bed, mm-hmm. and like you say, we have sort of sixty percent through our skin. Yeah. If we are surrounded by sheets that just filled with all these yeah. pesticides, imagine. Yeah. Of course, you're not sleeping well. No. So, also that that brings the point to there. Are like detergents, like laundry mm, detergent. Yeah. It's so easy to use safe stuff and have it work right. and have your clothes be just as clean, but like you're not wearing those chemicals on your right. clothes and therefore on your skin. I just want to do a shootout here. This is not commercial, but I just tried this new product called Clean Cult. Okay. And it's detergent that you can subscribe to and Whoa. no toxin whatsoever. And I, it's, it works. Like, That's so cool. So, yeah, you need is to it a it powder or a liquid? No, it's like a little pocket thing you put in. But so cool. Yeah, it's, it's totally new and it's going to explode because they're just good. Oh, I love so, it. Yeah. Um, moving forward. Because yeah. <laughs> we're not supposed to talk about that. Um, but I want to talk about something else. It's not really about beauty, but mm-hmm. we've talked about it before. And because um, I know you're all about like women empowerment yeah. and coming together and also working as a team because I think it's easy to always wanting to be better than everyone else and thinking mm-hmm. that everything is a competition and yeah. we shouldn't share too much because what if she steals my ID or yeah. you know all that zero-sum game thinking and um, I know you're all about partnerships and community and I, th- I remember once you said something about improving our strengths mm-hmm. instead of focusing too much on bettering our weaknesses right and then finding that strength in someone right. else right so yeah, that just, like, kind of came to me one day. I was thinking, like, about productivity in just, like, human nature. And I was like, why do I spend so much time, like, belaboring all of my insecurities and the things that I could be better at? Why don't I just work on the things that I am already naturally good at? Mm-hmm. And I think that allowing ourselves to, like, find our true self is a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um And I think that, like, once we do, we invite that same energy into our lives, and it just, like, multiplies once you start working with your true self instead of against it. Mm -hmm. Because, like, we're all going to have bad sides. We can't be good mm -hmm. at everything. Right. And I think sometimes we feel like we have to be good at everything, especially Mm -hmm. if you're, like, an entrepreneur starting out. Yeah. And, like, I need to figure everything out. I'm in that boat right now. It's like... 
some things you're not just gonna be maybe you should hire someone or yeah. reach out to other people find ways to collaborate instead and do things right. together first of all it's more fun oh yeah and second yeah. of all you have so much to learn and you can teach other people too definitely and I think too like we're not like a production line anymore mm-hmm. like we're not all doing you know the same thing we can all be special in our own ways and it doesn't have to conflict right. I think that it's a part of the the bigger picture mm-hmm. is collaboration and you know appreciating that someone could be better at something than you are but not having this like competitive aspect right. to it and and admire that person instead of being jealous yeah right and you know to invite that person to teach you something and have it not be a conflict too right. um and i think also we are so used to our own strength mm-hmm. that we don't see them anymore yeah so we just end up feeling oh i'm so bad at this and she is so good at what she's doing mm-hmm. i mean i know nothing about makeup so if yeah. i were to ever prepare myself to you i feel like a loser in general but i mean i know for a fact that i'm good at other things oh yeah but the things we are good at we don't even we take them for granted because we've always been good at that we have like mm-hmm. a natural talent for writing or whatever it might be yeah it becomes our norm exactly yeah so i think it's important also to be in a community because mm-hmm. they will remind you that you're good at things yeah. you're doing they'd be like oh wow that's such a great you know of course visual or whatever you might be creating and you're like well what i did that in 10 minutes yeah so you don't even realize your own value until you put it out mm-hmm. there and share with others i also think it's important to verbalize your appreciation for mm-hmm. things that others do or right. you know if someone has a great outfit on like or if someone you know looks particularly beautiful or you like their mascara whatever mm-hmm. i think it's important to think these things and verbalize them yes it's like our duty as women, you know, to like support each other because there's so many, you know, reasons why we're marginalized or there's so many messages that we're told that like we're not good enough, we're not pretty enough, the media is doing it, men do it, women do it to each other. Yeah. But like that needs to end. Yes. It just needs to. It's over. It's over. Yeah. Goodbye. So 2016. (laughs) Right? It's like, damn it. Wrap it up in a package and send it down the river. Mm Mm-hmm definitely yeah okay so yes to women empowerment coming together seeing each other's beauty yes and empathizing that and rather than suffocating another person's beauty really helping them to let it shine Mm -hmm. and i think that's something we can do together definitely it's gonna be great it's gonna be great (laughs) i'm just loving this whole conversation um i'm gonna finish up with one more question before we dive into my Mm -hmm. final three which I'm gonna grill you a little bit but so since you know I know nothing about beauty and maybe some of our listeners don't do either Mm -hmm. tell us three things we didn't know about makeup and beauty care that we should know okay um ooh so number one there is no definition of beauty and as I was saying before like I don't think that there is like you know like pressures that should define our relationship with it it can really it's fluid and it can be whatever you want it to be number two i think that you know wearing makeup doesn't always mean that you're like made up and i don't want people to put pressure on themselves you know to do either like it's all acceptable right it's all acceptable um number three Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I'm putting in a hot seat here. Love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we didn't 
cover a lot of yeah we did cover a lot already, i'm like but... how can i not so stumble upon let's just say what is one beauty tip like let's say you have five minutes oh okay what's the one thing you want to say to people oh okay and i say this all the time at the mm-hmm. shop so with safe beauty these products can be used in five different ways all the time i put blush on my eyelids and my cheek and my lips mm. and really like trust yourself to get creative with these things like don't categorize them just into a blush i guess they kind of like the same thing but they put the yeah. different names to it just to sell more yeah oh you need eyeshadow you need blush you right. need lipstick you need all this shit Sorry. totally and you know that's i don't believe in that mm-hmm. i don't believe in duping the consumer pushing a sale because i don't think that leads to you know good results and happiness i just want everyone to be happy <laughs> <laughs> you're such a nice person I'm um, just want to be happy. I, I just want i just want them to be happy with themselves and the skincare they're using and see results i don't care about a sale and i think like that kind of integrity is what separates mm-hmm. the green beauty industry from the conventional because it's so authentic we're and that's why i call myself a green beauty therapist because i'm like what is going on let's talk about your love life let's talk about your diet like we're going to talk about this from a very holistic standpoint and we're going to need out together some of these insecurities and i think that kind of like supportive relationship i'm trusting them to reveal some of like their darkest deepest secrets mm-hmm. to me and oftentimes that pauline were the first ones to find out about like a pregnancy for example wow. like they've come crazy. straight from the doctor they're like my doctor told me I need to convert to entirely safe cosmetics. And we're like, okay, first of all, congratulations. That would be so awesome to be able journey. to say that. Okay. And they're like, yeah, I haven't even told my mom yet. <laughs> and it's so sacred. Mm-hmm. It's so sacred. So I think, like, that kind of trusting relationship is so rewarding. And it doesn't just go, like, they, they, they need to trust us. Like, I need to trust them, too. I mean, you, I know you're also a makeup artist, and you worked at a lot of weddings and doing yeah. makeup for like brides and bridesmaids and mm-hmm. it must be amazing to be part of that big of a day for someone yeah and i can imagine the bride is sharing a lot of her nerves going yeah. on behind the scenes and that's that's kind of what i'm working with too like on a therapeutic level i i try to be almost like a an extra maid of honor or something mm-hmm. like i want to absorb some of those nerves and that energy and supplement it with positivity and you know this a, a brightness to the room um and, and I really do hope to communicate that mm-hmm. with like my art and with my presence um but yeah it's it's all very sacred to me anything surrounding beauty is very sacred I feel like you're making beauty such a beautiful thing which is it's often been looked upon in media and stuff like oh it's so bad and it's making women feel bad about yeah. themselves but no it doesn't have to be that way that's just how we just make like the picture we made up mm-hmm. in in media yeah that it's a nasty industry that we're right. just trying to make women feel bad about themselves right. and that sell it, products but know, it can be different on their insecurities right and that's like tapping into the second one mm-hmm. which is like wear makeup if you want to you don't have to if you don't want to yeah. it's not like oh wearing makeup you're shallow no, right. it's like you want maybe you want to enhance some of your beauty, and yeah. that's beautiful too. Also, like, who the f cares either way, right? Honestly, as long like, as you feel good about so who much. you are, exactly. Yeah, and like boyfriends too, like mm-hmm. every and or boys in general, it's this double standard where like they want girls to be as beautiful as the ads that they've seen 
and, you know, in Sports Illustrated, etc. But when they meet girls in person, like, they don't want them to be wearing makeup. Mm. So I think it's a very challenging and delicate place for a woman to be. And I think as long as they carry themselves with confidence, the whole makeup thing is irrelevant. And and to remember, too, that makeup doesn't define you. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to put on a mask to be who you are, who you want to be perceived in this world. Because, I mean, I can remember, too, when I was a teenager Mm -hmm. and the first time you stayed over with a guy. And you woke up the next morning, like, he's going to see me without makeup. I I remember once once I got up early and I went into the bathroom and put makeup on and I I snuck back into bed. (laughs) But I think that's so important to, to also communicate that you snuck back into bed. You didn't want him to know. I want him to think that this is how I look like naturally. Yeah. I woke up like this. Yeah, I mean, this is my <laughs> no skin, baby. Like I mean, like, I don't have any flaws yeah. whatsoever. I mean, that's just, I mean, I don't that's think you, I didn't fool him. I think I did tell him a while after. He's like, wait a second, you did what? <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, that's ridiculous. And it's I like, know. but, you know, these are the pressures that we face. Right. Because and they're I feel, real and pervasive. Because I think the reason we feel this way is because we become a different person with makeup mm-hmm. on. Yes. So yes. it's really hard for us to then suddenly be without that shield right. or like that um that protection yeah a safety blanket right um and i think too like probably 70 percent of the time at the shop i'm not wearing makeup 10 mm-hmm. percent of the time i'm wearing a face mask and 20 percent of the time like i have like a fuller face of makeup on but that usually happens at like 6 55 it's like the mm-hmm. door is closing anyway Putting on makeup as you go up. Yeah. I think that, you know, customers, especially those coming in for an appointment with me, are relieved to see that I'm not wearing makeup. Right. Even though it's different from their perception of a makeup artist. Right. They're relieved. And that's nice. I like that. That's comforting. I remember just as I was starting off at my first job, there was a lot of pressure to wear makeup. I remember I came in one day with, like, less makeup than I usually did, and I got scolded. Mm-hmm. They were like, are you not wearing any makeup? And I was like, um, I, I am. Like, is it not enough for you? Like, what? And it made me question myself. And that was a lot of what I found in that industry. It's a lot of, like, you can't do this. You should do that. And it was really toxic right. for me. It wasn't just the ingredients. And a lot of, like, the rep from one brand couldn't be in the same room as a rep from another brand. But in the green beauty space, all of the makers come together and they foster each other's creativity and the mission. And even our um, competitors in New York, like, it's all a part of the same mission. and We all know each other and we're always picking each other's brains and it's really beautiful. I mean, this is like, it sounds like this hippie world inside of New York, like our own little community, but I feel more and more because I'm going to a lot of events too. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was, again, this live organic event the other day. Yeah, was that so good? So good. And everyone is so supportive of each other. I mean, there were definitely competitors. Yeah. But it came from all over the country. And Mm -hmm. they're in this room putting this event together. Because they're all fighting for the same thing, which is having more organic cotton in this world. Yeah. So I feel like that's the future we're heading into. Yeah. And that in itself is just so empowering to know. That there is a green future to be seen very soon. And... I think it was maybe about a year ago now, there was like a feminine shift in astrology. I mean, you probably know more about this, but I remember reading an article and I'm starting to see that being actualized. Mm. And I think 
like having that like supportive connection inherently with other women and other people in general is becoming the new version of reality right so let's feed that along let's let's, let's continue to let's manifest continue. that yes. yeah we're spreading this world of empowerment yeah. and partnership totally and community community and I femininity on community mm-hmm. I was in all female acapella groups in college and post-college and that community was always amazing to have and I think like everyone should have this like this community that they can always trust will be there right um and we can be that for each other yeah. it's funny though too like I catch myself at certain points throughout the day saying these like really cliche like hippie statements and I joke I'm like people are probably like yeah like go back to Vermont you damn hippie (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes I wish I could um but I'm bringing the you know that to New York yeah and you have to two different communities right and and it's okay to talk like that oh my god New York is everything Mm -hmm. you can find your community whatever whoever you want to be in the city you can be that one Totally. Which is why it's so Because there's so many different types I mean, of people, and you call those types of people who are, like, your people right. into your life mm-hmm. just by being exactly who you are. Exactly. All right. Okay. We can keep talking forever because I love talking <laughs> to you. But we are wrapping up with my final three. All right. Are you ready? It. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Number one, why is change important? Change is so important. I often think about things on, like, a biological level. But because that's, like, our nature as humans, and to suppress change and, you know, our dynamic nature, I don't think is healthy for us to stay stagnant. Um, and I like change. It feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels good to me. I'm, I'm always figuring out different ways <laughs> what, what am I going to change. Right. Um, I just, I think it feels good, and I like the challenge, and I like having this like power over my life and control where I'm immune to everything because I've embraced the presence of change in my life. Mm. I love that. Thank you. Great (laughs) great answer. Okay, why do you think that the change is so hard? And what is one advice that you wish you could give to people that you've learned from your own experiences? So I always say those who take risks get rewarded for them. And I truly think that in order to receive, you know, positivity and like good change into your life, opportunity, you need to take those risks and you need to take a leap of faith. And it's so outside of our comfort zone that obviously it's going to be scary, but the more you do it, the more you practice it, the better. So I think like, you know, have, have that be your new norm. Mm -hmm. So making risk taking a new norm. Yeah. Because I think, too, the more risk you take, I always say that curiosity is a muscle in need of training. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And you need to, you know, just spark some action to that curiosity. Yeah. Because if not, you're going to keep proving to yourself that I'm not good enough. I can't right. do this. But the more you just go out and try and try and try, you're like, wow, I can actually try the things I want to do. And you get more and more confident mm-hmm. moving into a new future. I think you will always impress yourself mm-hmm. with the capacity that you have yeah. as a human we're all built with the tools that we need. It's just about utilizing them Mm -hmm. and practicing them and keeping them sharpened. Mm -hmm. And also applying that um, filter you said about there are no mistakes, there are only learnings. Oh, 
in oh, yeah. growth you know yeah. and that's the only way to look upon change because that's right. how we can keep faith and keep moving forward when things get hard you never understand the significance of things as they're happening it's only in hindsight right. that you gain the clarity mm-hmm. so I always tell myself that like whenever I'm going through a hard time I'm like I will someday understand why this is happening right. it's not gonna be tomorrow it might not even be next week but I will be okay mm-hmm. and I'm okay within myself and, and I'm adaptive probably, and I'll be grateful one day for this yes yeah. Awesome. Right, number three. Number three. Okay. What is Final it? Final one. So I made up my own word, retruthing. Yeah. And I think that that is the base to finding happiness in new realities. Mm-hmm. And retruthing means being open to new ways of thinking, acting, and behaving so that we can find ourselves in more loving, sustainable, and compassionate futures. Yeah. So if you were to retruth something right now, what would that be? For myself or for others? Well, this is your way of retruthing anything in the world, so... I would, and, and I feel like I am doing this to capacity, just retruthing beauty, redefining beauty, what that looks like, what it means, mm-hmm. how one perceives their own beauty, how, you know, men perceive, you know, feminine beauty, how women perceive masculine beauty. I think that it just, it's, it needs some spiffing up, um, so what if, what, if you, what if you were to take one truth right now yeah. that is well known and change it? Um, that beauty in its superficial sense is not the actual definition of beauty. Okay. Yeah. I guess, I guess, yeah. It's more of like a spiritual essence. It's, right. Than so it's, it is it's, it's, I think it's one of those retruths that you can take it and make it where you want it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So you yeah. continuously re- having people retruth on their own. Yeah, it's realized mm-hmm. upon a lot of reflection and okay. some questioning of what has been introduced to you prior. It's. I think it's like a lot of like self work. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's not easy. But I again like most things that are easy are or yeah most things that are easy like are this you know most rewarding in the. You're not the most rewarding. Right. It has to be a little bit hard. Yeah, yeah. You have to yeah. move outside your comfort zone. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. You get it. <laughs> I, I, I totally get it. All right. Um, thank you, Sarah, so much for being thank here. You for so having much. me in your cozy little um, sex in a city be- bedroom or whatever you're Anytime. Say, right? And the Anytime. fire escape is right outside the window. This is, such a, this is such a dream. I'm so glad to have met you in January. And I feel like when we met, it was just that like instant connection. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to take advantage of your kinds of people and you know manifesting your truth together and we need to say this too we are two days away from my lunch party which Sarah is helping me hosting at Philane and by the time this airs it's going to be over with and hopefully it's going to be an awesome evening it will be an awesome evening it's it's crazy how this has expanded in such a short amount of time and we have so many great people involved Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to share your message and thank you it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so you cheers so to that. Much. Okay. Cheers so finally, uh, if you want to reach out to you, how can we find you and where can we connect with you? You can find me on Instagram at Rose and Rouge. It's Rose period and period Rouge, R-O-U-G-E. Um, or you can find me at rose-and-rouge.com um, or at Folane. And we're on Mercer Street right now, but 
will find a permanent home and in I will, the near future. I will include all links to this. All links. In the episode. So if you <laughs> didn't catch that, you can just go on my website. Yes. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you Have so an awesome much. Day. This is so fun. You too. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.